If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. with former Chicago Bears Nickelback DJ Moore. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Chris and DJ Show. I am Chris Shanfell. He's former Chicago Bear himself, DJ Moore. Appreciate everybody tuning in, whether it's on Facebook, uh, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, or if you're listening after we go live on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can check out your podcasts at. Uh, DJ, it's Packers week, and uh, in a few minutes we'll be joined by diehard Bears fan himself, also host of Braggs in the Stands, um, Greg Braggs Jr. But uh, first and foremost, DJ, it is Packers week, and uh, we've officially gotten past the bye week. Um, as a fan, that, that's usually the week that you dread when you see when the uh, schedule comes out. You're like, all right, that's going to be the week that drags the, the, the most, that drags the longest. Um, but this week, this season felt a little different. I mean, it seemed like it came at the right time. It seemed like the Bears as a team really needed it, especially after that ugly loss to the Minnesota Vikings, which made it four losses in a row. You see Nick Foles get carted off the field with a hip bruise. Um, so it, it seemed like this week, uh, this bye week came at the perfect time or, or at least at a, a better time than it did in years past, per se. Um, now we've got the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football, DJ. How's it going? Um, you know, what, what what's it going to take how are you feeling about this uh, this Sunday night matchup against the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I'm doing all right, and it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the way you categorize it, you could say, you know, it came at a you know a great time. Um, it's always a great time when you're struggling, but you're struggling, um, and you're not you haven't been struggling just these past five or six weeks. You've been struggling for the past two and a half years on offense. Um, so I think this is it's, – it's significant because, like, you have to get it right after the bye week. Coaches or – to me, anybody, most teams, you normally – you should anyway play your best football after a bye, bye week because you have, like, two weeks to, like, to go into, like, film and, and preparation for – um, for the team. Um, so, again, if the offense comes out and struggle against Green Bay and kind of gets shut out against a Green Bay team, who isn't the greatest on, on defense either? You might have to start. It, it, there might be some murmurs. They, they may have – they may be – it may 
get the ball rolling in that mid that midseason discussion. Like, you know what? It's time to just it's time to move on from it. So I look I'm looking forward to the game and hopefully he can come out and put something together. Um but I'm assuming we don't know who playing. Did he say anything about play calls and all that? Who's going to do all that stuff? I don't think it was specified. I think the speculation is that it's still going to be Bill Lazor, but he did say that, uh, you know, he, he didn't ca- uh, commit to uh, one of the two quarterbacks, Nick uh, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. Um, obviously, the the uh, Mark Grody of 670 The Score, he covers the Bears. Last I heard from him was that he didn't see Nick Foles at practice yesterday. This was at like 4 a.m. when I was listening to him this morning. He didn't see Nick Foles at practice yesterday, nor did he see Akeem Hicks. And that'll probably be the bigger loss to this Bears team. All right, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, they're, you know, I mean, will they really put you over the top one or the other? I don't know. But on defense, Akeem Hicks being out against the Green Bay Packers with, uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, that could be a really big loss for this defense. Uh, it, it could be, but I think they got, you know, Goldman and different guys that kind of they can step in. I mean, this is a passing league. This is a quarterback's league. If you don't have somebody behind the center that's going to be able to move the ball down the field to get you touchdown, I don't care how much run stopping you done. We've seen it last year. I think it was the first game last year. It was like 12, 10 or something like that. Or we couldn't really get anything. But you, you have to be able to score points. So whoever's going to be the quarterback, we just got to figure out a way to, to, to get them out there and score points. And to me, I would just, you know, go back to the college style, you know, just use them both sparing. Now I think we used Mitch like that before, and that what got him, you know, the shoulder injury. Now if it was my way, I would just go with the younger, more spry guy. Um, uh, but then again, who knows? You said um, he wasn't there this week, but again, it's about a week. So starting next week is really what you're going to see. Um, see, like once once that Wednesday practice hits and who's who's up on the center. So I'm assuming yeah. you try to keep it under wraps to kind of have the the upper hand, I guess. But who knows? Right, and you know if there was one positive, uh, the Bears didn't play this weekend, so. There was no level of disappointment uh, this week, at least, as there were the, the past uh, four weeks. But uh, there was, uh, you know, the, the, the Green Bay Packers, they lost in overtime to the Indianapolis Colts, 34 to 31. You had the Minnesota Vikings. They lost in a close one to the Dallas Cowboys, 31 to 28. And then the Detroit Lions got uh, roundhouse kicked by the uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, by their second string quarterback, that is P.J. Walker and company with a 20 to zero victory against the Detroit Lions. So the NFC uh, North went winless as the bears uh, were on a bye week uh, this past week. Now they get ready for the green Bay Packers. And, um, you know, just looking at this matchup, the, the, the story of the day will be uh, the, these two offenses or, or really it'll be the bears defense against the Packers offense. That'll be the only way that this bears team could, could get anything going, but just comparing these two offenses and where they're at right now in this season, the Bears, of course, five and five. The Green Bay Packers, seven and three after their loss to the Colts. Um, the Packers have one of the best offenses in the NFL, as they should. I mean, they have one of the best uh, quarterbacks uh, that, that we've seen in NFL history, Aaron Rodgers. The Packers offense is scoring at nearly 31 points per game, which is third in the NFL, and they're averaging nearly 400 yards per game with 393. Uh, looking at the Bears, of course, they're ranked uh, 31st in the NFL, uh, of course, behind the uh, the lovely New York Jets. 
um, as the Bears uh, averaged 19 points and 300 yards total per game, which is also uh, 31st in the NFL. So there, there's no doubt about it. Just like every game this season, the Bears are going to need help from their defense. They're going to need help from their special teams as well. And it showed last week that they're willing to make plays. They're capable of making plays as Cordell Patterson uh, returned the opening kickoff of the second half of that football game last week for a touchdown. Still, uh, you know, not enough to give the Bears the edge over the Minnesota Vikings last week. Now they stand at five and five and have a really big game uh, this Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. Some news earlier this week. Yesterday, the Chicago Bears actually placed Eddie Jackson on the reserve COVID list. The belief is that he didn't test positive for the COVID-19, um, but he was around somebody that had tested positive for it. So that's kind of a wait and see approach. We'll see, uh, you know, of course, Tashawn Gibson has been, uh, uh, you know, at times a bright spot for that uh, secondary. But, uh, you know, who would step in if Eddie Jackson does have to miss? Will it be Deion Bush? Uh, will it be DeAndre Houston Carson? We'll see. I, I think overall we've seen this quite a bit, um, you know, this season where a player early in the week is placed on that list, but he's still able to give it a go. But obviously every situation is different, DJ. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, but anyways, uh, DJ, we're going to welcome in our guest right now. Uh, let's see, got the, uh, got the intro in for him right here. He's a good friend of mine and, uh, he actually joined the show, uh, my personal podcast uh, a few weeks back prior to the, uh, New Orleans Saints game. And, uh, although the scoreboard will indicate that that was a close game, I, I think, uh, if you're watching that game, you know, that wasn't the case. Let's bring in. Um, Greg Braggs Jr. He's the host of Braggs in the Stands, and, and I call him the face of Bears Twitter. He's at G Braggs Jr. 23, and he joins the show now. And oh, I, I got to add one more thing. We got some snow here in the Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana area, and uh, he takes uh, immense pride in, uh, <laughs> in, in shoveling his lawn. Shoveling his lawn. <laughs> Um, again, he's Greg Braggs Jr. It doesn't get any better than him when you're talking about the Chicago Bears fan base. Greg, welcome to the Chris and DJ Show. How's it going, man? It's going good. And yes, I do. I do shovel my lawn. It started as a thing for my dog, but now it's more like for therapy, especially when the Bears are as bad as they are. You just got to push it all out. Of, I, can't, I can't stand walking out my door and seeing snow outside. So I decided one day. I'm pushing it all out, and it's fun to see the neighbors give a funny look here or there, but I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's a Packer week, Thanksgiving week. It's my birthday week, too, so it's a big week, except go. for the fact that the Bears can't play football, so I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, Greg, as somebody... You're going to have to see snow just about ever. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I'll tell you what, I clear it even when it's 10 feet tall. I don't mess around. Nothing better than dominating Mother Nature, an unstoppable force, DJ. It's Mother Nature. She comes every year, but every year I, I'm waiting for her. Right now it's Greg 1, Snow 0 for 2020 count. Oh, wow. <laughs> Greg, as somebody who for years would, would go to every Bears game, and, uh, you know, obviously this season it's been a, a totally different story. It's been a lot different. What's this season been like for you to watch the Bears from home? Um, and then, you know, although it was an ugly experience, you did have the opportunity to watch them live once this year. It'll be the yep. one and only time that you had that opportunity, and that was a couple weeks ago in Nashville as they took on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, an ugly performance by our beloved Greg, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, I got to think for somebody that, you know, for so many years you were there, 
week in and week out at Soldier Field. Last year, you made the trip to London to watch them uh, play the, the, the Raiders. Um, I, I got to think, although it, it was an ugly performance by the Bears, I got to think it brought some light to, to the entire situation, being able to see them live in Nashville. Yeah, it's been a tough year for everybody. 2020, you know, it, obviously more important issue that issues than missing sports games, no doubt. But that's my thing. And uh, yeah, so it was my first game going in a long time. And the Bears played god-awful. But it was kind of refreshing to go. Although it was a unique experience seeing only, you know, 10,000 fans there and they're spread out. And it's not the same energy you're used to going when you go to a Bears game. It wasn't the same at all. You know, and I definitely would rather have it the other way. But, you know, I figured I might as well. If it was my one opportunity, I was going to go. Whether any kind of opportunity I could find. You know, Carolina had fans in the stands. And I believe Jacksonville will too. But I'm not going to be able to make a trip that far down south to check out the Bears. Especially that point in December. I don't know if the Bears are going to be making a playoff run at that point anymore. But, yeah, that's what I'm all about. Is just trying to... I love going to the game. You know, watching them on TV is fun, but I want, I like to be in the action. I like to be in the energy. DJ, I used to go to training camp and harass you every day at camp, messing with you guys after practice. You guys would take time with the fans, and that's where this hall started for me. I lived near Bourbonnet, and I love the Chicago Bears for that, and to not be able to do those things is sad. I'm glad we still have sports on TV, but it's just not the same to not be able to, you know, uh, be, you know, intertwined in the energy, you know, and that's what I appreciate about shows like this and social media in general for a sports fan for us to be able to you know interact with guys like dj and other sports figures that are in these different realms and and be you know face to face or right right on a keyboard to tweet at them you know that's where i all that's where i started with my whole thing on brags and the stands was you know when twitter first started it was like whoa you can reach out to these players firsthand you ain't got to worry about going through some writer or something else to find out about a player you can ask them yourself i mean dj used to call uh, back in the day when twitter was uh nothing nobody was on there dj would tweet out what's your cell phone number and he'd literally call up fans <laughs> i swear to god one time he called up me and my buddy timmy bremer when we were in high school it was cool experience you know so that's what we want as fans is to feel connected to the teams and the players and to not be able to go is is sad so i hope we can get back to that next year but you know at least we have it on tv for this year yeah um coming from you know fans perspective and we've been talking about it all year with you know who's the blank right coming from your perspective you in the stands is it who who, who most of the blame is on is it, is it more the gm or you considered more of a head coach for the lack yeah. of offense. Or- yeah, well, it started with it, last year. It was all blame Trubisky. You know, some people would try to look at the bigger picture and and talk about the different nuances, but for the most part, you know, the 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 average fan was saying it's the quarterback, and if we just fix the quarterback, everything's going to be all right. And as soon as they brought the quarterback out this year, I think that peeled open an onion that. You know, a lot of fans maybe didn't appreciate or see and are starting to see the nuances of who is it now? Is it the coach? Is it the scheme? Is it the offensive line? And for me, you know, I didn't play football. I've only come to camp for 20 years and watched you guys play. So it's it's an eye test for me. I can't tell you the X's and O's. I can just tell you how it looks, how it feels, that energy, that vibe. They don't have it. You know, there's no chemistry. There's no excitement. And I just feel like... Now, with everything, you know, completely unfolding the way it has, it's not a quarterback problem to me. 
It's not. You know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. So if he has a competent team and a coach around him that knows what he's doing, I feel like he could make plays. And I, you know, everybody wants to write off Mitchell Trubisky at this point. And now, you know, I didn't, you know, once he got benched, I'm like, all right, you know, I thought he could have been a better player, but if he's not, so be it. But now I'm starting to question whether or not he truly is a bust. Is he going to be the next Ryan Tannehill somewhere else? So I think now, you know, it is down to Nagy and Pace. You know, after you sift through all the different things, quarterback, offensive line, tight end, now it's down to Nagy and Pace, and that's the biggest question. And to me, it's Nagy because Matt Nagy never has them ready to play. And then when you want to talk about all the offensive additions, because I always hear, oh, well, you know, Ryan Pace doesn't give him any offensive linemen. He doesn't give him this. He doesn't get, well, Matt Nagy's in the room making the decisions on who they pick up in the offseason. Matt Nagy's decision to say, yeah, let's draft Cole Komet with our first pick this year and not an offensive lineman and then not even use Cole Komet. You draft him to help your offense and then you don't throw him the football. So to me, Matt Nagy is number one on the list. Then it's Ryan Pace, then the offensive line, then the rest of it. That's that's how I'd list it as far as who's to blame in this order. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because uh, Cole Komet, I mean, he had a, he had a steal of reception uh, Monday uh, last week against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, a ball thrown Allen Robinson's way, and uh, he jumps right in front of the pass and, and hauls it down. But um, you know that, and he and he might be a good player. We don't right. know. He it, like everybody's talking about Chase Claypool on the Steelers. Well, if Chase Claypool was on the Bears and Cole Komet was on the Steelers, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Chase Claypool was doing nothing because we can't throw the ball and Cole Komet was having a nice year. That's where I go back to what is Mitch? We, how do, I don't know. So, you know, it's just like it's so frustrating. It's almost impossible to evaluate anybody because they don't have a structure around them. So how do you? It's, it's, it's impossible. And I forgot to throw this in the, in the opening. Greg Bragg's died on that hill for Mitchell Trubisky. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I think we could all agree that when, when he was pulled for Nick Foles in the Atlanta Falcons game, I think, all right, yeah, it, it was time, whatever. The Bears probably would have lost that game if it wasn't for Nick Foles in yes. that second half. But, uh, you know, now, I mean, I, I think te- uh, I think things have been uglier than, than anyone could have imagined with Nick Foles under center. And now a lot of people are calling for Mitch Trubisky to be back under center for the Chicago Bears, Greg. Um, You know, Matt Nagy met with the media yesterday. He says that he doesn't have a decision as of yet, but it does sound like both guys are healthy enough to give it a go Sunday night. Um, Is the right move to go back to Mitch Trubisky? Should they, I mean, you know, we all know Trubisky can't run Matt Nagy's offense, so they say. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like Nick Foles is having too much success at it either, especially with that offensive line. With that said, right. that offensive line actually played their best football in, in quite a few weeks, uh, their last outing against Minnesota. Is the right move to go back to Mitchell Trubisky right now coming out of the bye week? Yes. If I was the coach, I would have already done it. Now, if he had been healthy in Nashville, I would have been running down there at halftime screaming that at him from the bleachers. I would have, but he wasn't healthy because it was the clear move at that point, but he wasn't, he, you know, one play he gets hurt on, of course. And to me that you have to, if you want to salvage anything left of this season, now, if you're a fan, you just want to lose out and throw them foals out there, but the team and the players are still trying to win games. And if you're trying to give yourself the best chance to win, it's clear. You got to go back to Mitch. If he's, if they're both healthy, I saw Kyle long tweet 
a picture of just about 10 minutes ago, right before I came on, a picture of Mitch and his Corolla, and that was it. No caption. So a lot of people were taking that as maybe that might be a clue that Kyle heard something about the thing because we don't know if both guys are healthy. I'm not really sure where that went today as far as what Matt Nagy had to say. But, no, you got to go back to Mitch. And you're right, they did play a little better on the offensive line last week. And, you know, the bar is very low. But another thing to consider, too, is – how they played to start the year. You know, when Mitch was in there the first two games, I felt like their offense was run completely different, a lot more under center, rolling out things that suit Mitch best. And granted, they were playing lesser opponents early in the season, Detroit Lions, things of that in, in COVID offseason, kind of having everybody knocking off the rust. I'll, I'll buy all those caveats, but at the same time, to me, their offense was blocking better. I'm no football expert, but you could just see the tight ends, the offensive line seem to be more physical at the line of scrimmage. Then they move to the RPO stuff with Nick Foles, and now everybody's all soft again. So, to me, you give yourself the best chance if you go back to Mitch. And with Bill Lazor calling the plays with Mitch, maybe we'll see something else. And as a Bears fan, that's all I want to see is something else because these last four weeks, nobody wants to tune into that. <laughs> November 29th, Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers who averaged 31 points a game and the Bears can barely muster 13 points, you know, I understand Mitch isn't the end-all, be-all going to save us anymore. That's not, Two years ago, I had aspirations that Mitch could be our franchise quarterback. Those dreams are dead. Now I just would like to see something other than what we've seen for the last four weeks. I did give Nick Foles the chance. When they pulled the string on Mitch, fine. Matt Nagy, if that's how you feel, you think Nick Foles can give you the best chance to win, he was the one that said when he benched Mitch, for uh, Foles, and they won that game against the Falcons, he said, I want sevens, not threes. I can't accept threes. Well, now they're not even getting in the red zone. So you can't, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth if you're just going to keep trotting Nick Foles out there. And to me, you might lose the locker room. You can't tell me everybody in that locker room loves or wants to stick with Foles. I think at this point, any person with two eyes could tell you if Mitch Trubisky is healthy, he could help extend the play. Get out of the pocket, maybe run, if not even run, at least have a linebacker that has to spy him. Nobody's spying Nick Foles. They're just blitzing the house on every crucial down when they have to make a first down. They just blitz the house and our offensive line falls apart. Down goes Nick Foles. At least Mitch might run for his life. I mean, obviously this isn't great stuff we're talking about here, but this is what we're left with as Bears fans. <laughs> well, the, the angle that I'm going to take it from, and I thank you, you can hug you. You can go either way. Um, but my thing is, if I'm Mr. Biscuit, right, and I know you want to play, but are you doing yourself a, a disservice by going out there and playing? Because you talked about it, right? You talked about a lot of people that are saying, you know what, it may not have been this. He may can be a talent here somewhere. So if I go out there and put myself in harm's way, i.e. a Dak Prescott, even though I'm not in, in line to get that much money, like I'm still trying to get another job for next year. And if people are thinking that it's actually the offense, I may have a better chance somewhere else next year if I'm healthy. Yes. They come out here and say, you know what, let me go throw some passes, we lose the game. People get really, really critical of me. It doesn't mean anything for me. And then you got all on the other hand, probably going after this year, either retire or somebody else or go back to Philly and somebody else and put the trades on as well. So if I'm missed, you got to really think, you know what? I may not be healthy. 
It's an interesting thing to consider because, you know, like you said, Mitch's stock has kind of been rising since he's been out. They always say the backup quarterback's the most uh, popular uh, position in Chicago sports, but at the same time, it's been rising because of how badly the Bears have played since he's left. And so, to me, you're right. That could be something Mitch has to consider because, you know, maybe a guy like Bill Belichick or sitting behind Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers, you know, I know – the Bears played the Patriots in a few joint practices, and I'm pretty sure if you go back and look, uh, Bill had some nice remarks for Mitch. I know they always say nice things about everybody when they come to do those joint practices, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. And for me, as someone that rooted for Mitch, and I, I'm a fan that roots for players after they leave. I still root for guys when they're on other teams, even if they don't play for the Bears. I'm not beholden. You know, if I like a guy at camp, I'm, I won't want him to succeed as his career continues. And Mitch Trubisky is definitely going to be one of those guys. When he leaves the Bears, I'm going to want nothing more than him to succeed. I don't like that people think he's a bust. I thought he was going to be a much better player. I want him to be a great player here. But that's not how it works in football. It's about timing and luck and a lot of talent and a lot of other variables. You don't know. It doesn't always work out, even for great players. You just got to, you know, it's all got to kind of fit in its perfect place. And unfortunately, it didn't. It all started with that damn double doink, and we've been going to hell ever since. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, talking to DJ following that draft where uh, the Bears moved up to grab Trubisky, and he, he – DJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but but you kind of seen the Alex Smith comparison, and I I said no way, man. If if he's Alex Smith, I'll be pissed off. I'll be happy to get an Alex Smith out of Mitchell Trubisky, but obviously, <laughs> uh, it seems like it's a, a too little, too late. Again, he's Greg Braggs Jr. Follow his show, Braggs in the Stands. He does it here on Streamyard as well. It, it goes on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, anywhere you can check out your podcast as well. Does a great job and. Uh, Greg, as Bears fans, I mean, every year, whether you're, you, the Bears are having a down year, whether they're, they're having a great year like they did in 2018, the two games we circle on the calendar every year is against the Green Bay Packers. They're taking on the Packers this week. Uh, Sunday night football, primetime TV yet again for the Chicago Bears. Maybe they could get things turning in the right direction. We'll see. They're, they, they lost four in a row. But, uh, you know, we, we said in the opening – You've been to so many games, Greg. Packers week, what's it mean to you? And, and what's your favorite Bears-Packers memory when you think of this rivalry? Yeah, I love Bears-Packers. I, I normally fear it, especially ever since we've had Aaron Rodgers, because, you know, especially early in his career, it felt like he'd always start off with a two-touchdown lead. Like, right away. He He's just one of those guys. Like, I, I even fear him almost more than Brett Favre to an extent because he's just so laser he's just he's just so laser focused at all times so I guess the rivalry hasn't been that great to me but I always love the tradition of it and everything else I mean as far as favorite memories 2018 obviously was a great year overall one of my favorite years ever as a Bears fan they clinched the division against the Packers on their home in their home stadium and I was there and you know, they got a few sacks on Aaron Rodgers, and it was a beautiful day. But uh, maybe my favorite of all time, the game I've gone to, was in 2008, which was the coldest recorded Bears game in history at Soldier Field. And the Bears played on either Sunday or Monday night football, and I bought tickets because I thought it would be Brett Favre's final game against the Bears in a package uniform, and it turned out being to be Aaron Rodgers' first start against the Bears. Because Brett Favre's time, he was starting to get a little too long in the two, so they put him on the pine. 
and Brett, uh, and then uh, Aaron finished the year. So I see Aaron Rodgers. The game was, you know, very slow, you know, low scoring game. The coldest game in recorded history. I'm all the way at the top, way top of the stadium. Literally, I bought a pizza. It froze in my hand. I mean, people, are, it was, it was, it was the coldest game I've ever been to. You know, your hands would be frostbitten as soon as you took your glove off. People's uh, beers were freezing in the cup as they would hold it. You couldn't buy a beer because it would freeze in your cup, in the hand. And uh, Alex Brown blocked a kick in in overtime to win the game, and it was a beautiful moment. It was an ugly game all the way until the final minute, and then Alex Brown blocks a kick, and I'm picking this guy up behind me. <laughs> we were all going crazy. It was a beautiful thing. So those are probably my favorite. And, of course, harassing every Packer fan I ever see, whether it's at training camp or at a game, because they always seem to be sticking their nose somewhere. You see them ugly green jerseys walking around, and I always make a point to mess with them when they do that because that's what they're looking for. That's why they wear it when they do it. Yeah, you went viral on Twitter a couple of years ago in Bourbon A uh, when you spotted a, a Packers fan uh, yes. at, at training camp. DJ, as a former player, somebody that played in this rivalry, any uh, memories come up uh, come to mind when, when thinking about the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, um, playing against Aaron Rodgers was always cool. And I just remember being on the field and he's like going through his cadence. And we always just do cover two. That's all we definitely did. And he would know what we was doing. I remember him. He said, he said, found he's barking his cat and he looked at me and like winked or whatever. And I just, <laughs> yeah, he ain't throwing it over here. Like, he's like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to try it this time. But he was real, like, his personality, man, was something. Was like, he was a real cool, real cool dude. And whenever you would talk to him, make you feel like you just knew him. Like, he was just like, hey, what's up, D? I'm like, I'm talking to him before. But, hey, how you doing, man? So it was just playing, being able to, play against one of the greatest of all time, like year after year. Now I think the NFC championship game was proof. We had played them for the third time playing them. Like like um like he said, it got out to like a 14 0 lead and every time. Claw way back. But again it was I mean it was always, you know, pleasure, honestly, just to you know the I mean, even the fans and stuff in Green Bay were always kind of cool. So it was always a cool it was always a cool vibe, you know, playing playing Green Bay. You guys yeah. would have won. You guys would have won that game had Jay not got hurt. Let's be yeah. clear about that, because you guys. We would have you, a couple more picks. We would have probably lost by two more. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know people say, you know what? If he would have stayed, uh, he was struggling. He you know was. Know? He he was. But you guys finally stopped yeah. Rogers. Do it or something because yeah. Right. We, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this as I take over this interview. Is if Todd if Todd Collins doesn't come in in the second half, is the the because Caleb Haney all of a sudden got it a game for a second and then BJ Raji sealed the deal. But if Todd Collins doesn't come in for those two series, do do the Bears win? Maybe I think I think we have a better chance because Haney he had a little more personality and I think people kind of. People like liked him like and Kyle Collins was just I mean he had always been a backup. Like he's just I don't even know how you get to be a backup for so long. You know what I mean? Like real nice guy, but like you can't be a backup that long. You know what I mean? I know, man. Chase Daniels got the same the same gig. I've been laying bricks. I want to be the backup quarterback somewhere. Hey, listen, you just, you just collect what you doing? I'm just collecting the check. Like I can't get so um I, I don't know. I don't I don't honestly I think it was just a year. Um because I remember the 
we had a chance to like keep them out of the playoffs. And normally when we, you know, what I mean, we didn't even have to play the last game. We played the full game trying to keep them out because it just when you have a quarterback like that, which we, which that's what we're looking for. Like we're looking for that that type of that Brett Favre, that Aaron Rodgers type person that's going to transcend. But it's just when it's your time, it's your time. So it was, it was I think it was good time. And we we seen that in the whole playoff. Honestly. We just kind of tore it up. Yeah, and quickly, I'll just throw in, uh, you know, when I think about the Bears-Packers rivalry, you guys, I I always think back to, um, honestly, it's probably one of the first Bears-Packers matchups I I really remember fondly, and that's uh, back in 2007. It was actually Brett Favre's, it it was his last time playing in Chicago. Like you said, Greg, he was supposed to play again there in 2008. That didn't happen. Um, So late in 2007 in Chicago, and the Bears absolutely dominated the game. Um, I believe it was Daryl McClover, number 58, if I'm not mistaken. He, he blocks a punt. It was their first blocked punt the Green Bay Packers had uh, in, in 12 years, I think it was. And Corey Graham returns it for a touchdown. Uh, both Erlacher and Alex Brown, who would think we'd have two Alex Brown mentions in this show. But Alex Brown, uh, they both had an interception. That final score to the game was 35-7. to I think that was the last time that the Bears actually – dominated a game against the Green Bay Packers from start to finish. We've seen them dominate it from start in 2018. They were up 20-0 at halftime. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was able to do Aaron Rodgers things and uh, get the victory uh, at the end of that game. Um, in that said game, uh, what I like to, who I like to call the real AP actually rushed for 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, that being Adrian Peterson, the former Bears running back. Um, before, of course, we got to know the uh, Adrian P- Peterson, who's now on the Detroit Lions, former Minnesota Vikings. Great. Um, but again, we're chatting with Greg Braggs. Braggs in the stands. I'm Chris Shanfell. He's DJ Moore, former Chicago Bear. And, um, you know, an interesting stat I heard on ESPN 1000. Your guys, Greg Waddle and Sylvie, they had Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune on today. And uh, get this, Devontae Adams, the past five years, has 50 receiving touchdowns. Bears wide receivers the past five years have 52 receiving touchdowns. I mean, if that doesn't sh- go to show how inept this offense has been, and of course you're comparing it to, again, one of the all-time greats at quarterbacks, but I mean, uh, I mean, th- this offense, especially when you bring in Matt Nagy and you think you're going to get things turned around, you have, an, you have a really, really good uh, defense, one of the best in the leagues. I mean, it's been disappointing to say the least, especially this season after you get off to a five and one start, I mean, everybody was already dogging the Bears. You know, they shouldn't be five and one. They're the worst five and one team in NFL history, they were saying. And now the team's proven us right, Greg. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. You know, that's you don't you don't expect it at five and one and teams run off and running and now we're we're standing here at five and five waiting on Green Bay Sunday night football. It's definitely not what I'm looking forward to. I do not have uh good feelings or vibes going into Sunday night. Well, and and I can take it. I'm just a different. I think we're on the verge of, um, and I might be a little dramatic, but I mean disaster. Um, because you draft a Mr. Bissy, you trade up to get him. All right, and then on the flip side of that, on defense, you trade away like first round pick to get Khalil Mack, and then you have a good enough defense where you're close enough, you win a couple games, so you're not far enough down where you can draft the. Trevor Lawrence, but you're so far back to where you 
again, you can't draft a Trevor Lawrence. Now, like now, where do you get pieces from? So if this quarterback goes and then Nick Foles goes, then we're in deeper shit next year. Because yep. it's like, well, who's throwing the passes? Now, as a GM, like, when do I blow it up? Because at some point you got to think, you know what? If I see a prospect that is good enough, I'm going to have to blow it up. And how can you blow it up when your defense is really good? Well, you get rid of it. But at some point, I think, it, and it looks like that's the direction we're headed, because if not, you're going to end up, you'll be 5 1, you go 5 5, you'll be 8 and 8, you'll be 9 and 7. And I'm assuming you don't want to do that because no matter how good Khalil Mack is, and if he's the best at his position, you would rather have a Mahomes, a Brent Fogg, or somebody in offense that can actually move the ball. I don't care if you sack everybody, every other player, eventually they're going to score a touchdown. So I think it's going to be Ryan Pace. If, if he's still the guy, and if he chooses for, for Nagy or somebody else, at some point he's going to have to make a big decision of, like, we got some big names on defense. Like, can I find a DN that's cheaper? Can I give away you to get some other pieces? Um, so it's going to be, I don't This year, we may run off of games, but we probably end up being 8-8, eight, 9-7. Eight, but next year, having to choose, like, what am I going to do now at the quarterback position? When I also got to find out what, what offensive lineman I need, somebody's going to have to bite the book. So people going to have to leave to get other quality people to come in, and that's going to be an interesting now. Yeah. Yeah, and the problem yeah. is, is you've got Nick Foles cemented into next year. He has a player option that he's going to definitely pick up now that he's playing terrible. You know, maybe if he had played in an alternate universe, had played great and won some playoff games, maybe he'd decline the player option for a bigger contract. Now he's definitely taking that player option, so he's here. And now when you enter this draft, like you said, unless they lose out, they'll have it. If they lost out, they'd have a different draft. They'd have a decent draft spot, but it's doubtful. They're going to lose out. So that means you're going to have to trade up to go get your quarterback. If that's how you want it. If that's how Matt Nagy or whoever wants it. And then you're giving up draft equity, just like you did for Mitchell Trubisky without knowing for sure if that's going to be your guy. So now you're taking a risk and you're giving up spots that could have been other guys. So, cause you see how the bears do better with the guys. They don't realize they're going to be guys and they do worse with the ones that are supposed to be. So it, it is a difficult position. And with this defense they have right now, they have to keep trying to win as frustrating as it is. Now, you know, like I said, if, if you were half the fan base, you'd just lose out and start putting all your bench players in. But I don't think the players are going to sign off on that at all. So, to me, I'm wanting to see Mitch try it. And then, you know, whatever the win-loss total is at the end of the year, then figure out your game plan of how you're going to attack improving your team. At this point, you got to try. It, it, the 5-1 and one start forces that hand. If they had, you know, it's it, looking back now, if they hadn't won those games, that might have been a better, you'd have more clarity on what you're trying to do right now. It is. It's football hell, and it's really frustrating as a Bears fan because you're hoping it will all work out, but that's all, <laughs> that's all we can do is hope at this point. And I agree with you that I think we are – if they start Nick Foles, at least with Mitch, I can tell you I don't know how Sunday night will go. If Nick Foles starts on Sunday night, I promise you they will get stopped 
Just like they did the last time with Mark Tressman when the Mark Tressman era was starting to run out of string, and they played the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and they embarrassed us. I'm telling you, that's, I hate saying it. I'm not rooting for it, but you can feel it. They can't do anything. This team is dead. You need to spark them somehow. If Mitch is healthy, I beg of you, Matt Nagy, put him in to save your job or you know, just to give your chance at saving your job. I don't know. You know, To me, if they bring these guys back next year without making the playoffs, that is a uh, going to be really disappointing as a Bears fan. I want to see either make the playoffs or, or move out the way and bring in a new regimen. That's how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after, and we'll keep on harping back to it, especially after starting the year five and one. I mean, at, your chances are, are, you know, right there. You know, your, your chances are probably over 95%, if not close to it, to making the playoffs after starting five and one. Greg, really appreciate your time. Before we let you go, we got to get a prediction for Sunday night's game. I know you just kind of laid it out. You know, if Mitch starts, this is what will happen. If Nick Foles starts, they'll get stomped. What do you think will happen? Who do you think will be under center? And what's your prediction for Sunday night's game, Bears-Packers? Well, I used to be the the ultimate optimist, but the Bears have beaten me down this year. So I think that the Bears will start Nick Foles because Matt Nagy is stubborn. And then I think the Bears will lose 35-3. to Now, if Mitch starts, I think that the Bears... I'll, hey, you know, it's my birthday, November 29th, and I'm the Mitch guy. So if Mitch starts, the Bears are winning 24-21, to 21, and then everyone will be back on the hope train. But I agree with DJ. Even if Mitch were to somehow win the game, I don't know. It's going to have to be a one game at a time. Nobody's, you know, uh, we're, we're the savior. No one's saving anything this Sunday night, but at least they can try to get back on the right track if they make the correct quarterback switch. If they don't, they're, they're going down the, the tank train, and uh, that's going to be about all she wrote for this season. So I hope Matt makes the switch, but it's a it's a tough decision because I know uh, it's an indictment on him to go back to the quarterback after he's already made the switch once. So we'll see. He gave up the play calling, so maybe he'll swallow his pride one more time. Yeah, absolutely. If he loses 35-3, that is it. I hope so, man. I, and I hate, I don't like rooting for people to fail. I'm rooting for Matt Nagy to figure it out. But, you know, this is how sports work, and not everything always works out. And even people that are good players or good coaches, they don't always work out. And sometimes you got to go somewhere else for it to work out. So, you know, the clock's ticking. We all knew that this year was the money on the table time, and it's it's kind of falling apart here. And I, it's as frustrating for me as anything because 2018 – to me was the start of something special but in sports especially in chicago nothing lasts forever you only get that small window that's why when they're doing good i make sure to enjoy the hell out of it (laughs) because we all know it doesn't last very long we're not boston so uh you know we'll fight another day and hope for hope for a victory parade one of these days but i appreciate you guys having me on tonight this was a great thrill you know uh christian you have become a great friend of mine here on on bears twitter twitterisms and all that and uh dj man you know i've always been a huge fan of yours harassing you at training camp and everything else my man so yeah you guys have a great night absolutely hey before we let you go greg let the people know one, one more time where they can check out your show at yeah as i cough uh absolutely you guys can find me on brags in the stands as 
as Christian mentioned, uh, we do our show on YouTube. Uh, Facebook and Twitter every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central, and we talk sports, you know, gambling. I got my guy Johnny B does a gambling segment that's real popular, and we, you know, help people make some money from their couch, and we always have some fun guest on to interview and chop it up with. So, yeah, check me out on Twitter, Facebook, wherever else you may find me. But you guys have a great night and have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your family and stay safe and everything else on that end. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Greg. Thanks a lot, man. All right, guys, bear down. There he goes, Greg Braggs Jr. at G Braggs 23, G Braggs Jr. 23, that is uh, on Twitter. And again, the host of uh, Braggs in the Stands. I'm Chris Shanfell. He's DJ Moore. And uh, DJ, before we wrap up the show, let's give our takes on the Bears Packers game this Sunday night. Um, I I think the matchup of the night for me is. Valdez Scantling, the Green Bay Packers slot receiver, he'll, he should be playing in the slot um, Sunday night with, with Alan Lazard uh, being back and healthy. But he could play outside as well, and, and he's had a couple big plays these last few weeks, and he had a big one uh, Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. But it also, uh, you know, he, he also had a, 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 a terrible play as well as he had a crucial force fumble in overtime, which ultimately led the, the Colts recovering that fumble. And kicking the Green Bay, uh, kicking the the game-winning uh, field goal uh, for the Colts uh, last Sunday, but uh, I, I think the matchup for me that 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 I'm looking at is Valdez Scantling versus Nickelback Buster Screen, who uh, you know he had a tough outing last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he was on uh, both of the uh, receiving ends of, of both of those Adam Thielen touchdowns last week, and. Um, you know, there, there's times where screen has played really well this season, but there's times where I'm also like, man, you know, I'm almost wondering what Duke Shelley, their six round pick last year, what he, he might look like in that situation. Not that he might look any better, but, um, you, you certainly expect a, a veteran in, in those situations to, uh, to show up and play. And I feel like screen has kind of uh, struggled in, in times where the bears may have needed him to uh, pick it up or, or where opposing quarterbacks kind of target him. Um, so, so that's going to be the matchup that I'm going to be really looking at seeing if Aaron Rodgers looks at that matchup much at all. And then of course, I mean, you got to mention it, Devonte Adams. I brought up the stat earlier and, and looking at this season alone, Devonte Adams has seven touchdowns coming, uh, from the red zone, you know, at the 10 or inside the 10 yard line for the green Bay Packers, Allen Robinson on the other end though, uh, seven total targets in the red zone. So while Allen Robinson has seven total targets in the red zone and his agent has made it clear that they're not happy about that. Uh, Devonte Adams on the other end has seven touchdowns coming from inside the 10 yard line for the green Bay Packers. Again, I mean, you're talking about one of the best offenses and comparing it to the one of the worst offenses. Again, the bears uh, bread and butter is that defense. And uh, you know, they, they got a number of playmakers on that defense, whether or not Eddie Jackson will play Sunday, uh, we'll see, but um, this is going to be a really difficult task. Uh, for this Bears team, I mean, uh, the, I feel like the defense, um, you know, they, they, they've they've been carrying this team uh, the last couple of seasons now, the last few seasons now, and uh, I, I think you're just starting to see that, uh, you know, kind of take uh, take uh, re- really take uh, take a toll on this uh, this Bears defense, and, and how long can they go? I mean, you, you've seen it uh, Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings; they probably should have won that game if they had at least an average offense. 
Um, obviously they do not, and they did not win that football game. But the defense, yeah, I mentioned Buster Screen and the plays that he gave up, the touchdowns that he gave up to uh, Adam Thielen. But, um, you know, the, the, the Bears defense and their special teams, they did play well enough to win that football game. Whenever you get a touchdown on special teams, you should win that football game. The odds go in your favor immensely. Um, Green Bay, I mean, I think it's clear to say you don't got to be a rocket scientist to see this one. I mean, they, they just – They'll, they'll be a little too much for the Bears to handle Sunday night. Well, I, I don't think so. And I think this year, historically, defenses are really, really bad. Um, if the Buccaneers can hold the Green Bay Packers to 10 points, who defense is nowhere near what ours is, we'll be fine. Um, a lot of their – they're scoring a lot because they have to score a lot because their defense is giving up so much, I think. Um, so I think what I my big takeaway is going to really be just Robert Quinn. Um, we talked about him struggling. Um, I think this is one of those games where if you can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, we've seen it from last year with you know I think the forty when the forty nineers would play him. Every time you get quick quick pressure, I don't care if Adams or the slot receiver are running the best routes in the world. If you don't have time, you just don't have time. Um, so I think. Robert Quinn steps up, um, especially you need him to step up in the absence of. Um, With Akeem Hicks, likely. Yeah. I mean, it's still unsure what his status will be. But, yeah. but if he's out, um, he he will be one of those guys that really, really need to step up. Um, I mean, I think Eddie J, I don't know if it was last week or before last week game, they're talking about they holding each other accountable. Yeah, um, that was this past these, week. Yeah, these are one of those things where you you – as a defender, you talk to each other and say, listen, like, my job is to keep them from scoring. If they don't score, they don't win, all right? Because of the, the Vikings score, they won, all right? So it's our job to not let them score, and we need to find a way to score. Now, did they get the offense good fit with this? You know what? We didn't get it good enough. We need to put it in the end zone. So I think defense – it's good the way like Green Bay scoring over thirty points. It would to me it would be a hard set. I, I would I would have to see that to believe. I just couldn't see that happen. Um, now against the Colts and these other teams, yeah, you'll probably score a little bit more. And especially if the other team was scoring more points, I think historically this year it seemed like everybody seemed like they're about at thirty five points or over. But again, most of the time when you play against the back, your scoring is really low because the defense is not going to allow you to do that. Now if Eddie Jackson is not playing. I think that changes it a little bit, but again, everything goes from you know front to back. If that D line is humming, and if Robert Quinn can get him a sack or two, and then Khalil Mack adding on that having that pressure, like you won't have to guard people, but for about two seconds. And if you can do that, um, I think again, I think Green Bay probably will win. I think the game will be close, probably like a. 17, 14, 20, 17. Um, so I'll say Grand Bay will probably win 20 to 17. We'll find a way to get some points because that, that defense isn't. Now, we're talking about our defense is really good. Green Bay's offense is really good. I mean, it's literally the, just too bad. A bad offense and a bad defense, you got to figure out who can, you know, prevail on that side of it as well. So that's that's a big story as well. Yeah, no doubt. And of course, on their defense, a struggling defense, as you mentioned, but on their defense, they do have former Bear safety Adrian Amos, who's uh, having yet another stellar year with the uh, yellow and green, uh, the, the rival, of course. And um, 
You know, the, the thing that scares me, though, is, is as dangerous as Aaron Rodgers and this passing game is, um, you know, Aaron Jones and that rushing attack is is right behind him, at least for this season. I mean, the, the, the dynamic duo that they have with Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams and, and the uh, added attack that both of them are, are pretty good pass catchers, especially Aaron Jones. At times, he's the team's leading receiver uh, after some of these games. Um, that, that's another thing to put into context. I mean, uh, you got Devontae Adams, arguably the number uh, one of the arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You, you got Alan Lazard coming back from his injury. Um, he, he was back last week against Indianapolis, but before that, he was uh, he was out since week three, where he had a career game over 100 yards on just three receptions. I think it was um, bigger, bigger bodied receiver, a physical guy. Um, that Aaron Rodgers seems to really like to target uh, when he's out there, when he's healthy. And then, uh, you know, it, it seems to uh, go um, behind the, 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 the wayside that this tight end, Robert Tunyon, he, he's one of the, 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 the NFL's leading uh, receivers in terms of tight ends in the NFL as well. He has a three-touchdown game earlier in the year. Um, so they do have a lot of weapons. But as you said, um, teams have been able to put up points. The Colts just beat them 34 to 31. Uh, we know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blew them out. Uh, I think they threw uh, over 40 points on them while the Green Bay Packers were only able to put up 10. Right. But the thing that gets me is that these teams actually have competent offenses where the Bears, I mean, uh, th this will be a big test for this off uh, th this offense and this offensive coaching staff. I mean, if you're not able to get some points on this Green Bay Packers team who, uh, you know, gave up points against the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of weeks ago and almost lost that game, then you have a real problem. Yeah, but, I, you know, what? after the bye way, I think they'll figure it out. And, and really, I think the and – I, and I just thought about this just now. I think one of the biggest challenges for our defense is going to be the rookie cornerback, honestly. You think um, so? Well, because – and he plays really good, but he takes a lot of risk. So if you run a slant, he'll jump it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think people after – like, Halfway through the season, people have to start realizing that. And for him, he has to realize that, like, man, I'm jumping. Like, I'm making a lot of plays on slants. So, again, like, it's coming. Like, big plays are going to be given up. I mean, because you, you've done really well, but there's always a wall that you hit where you don't make as many plays as you did before. You give up a couple plays. So, I think more so this game than any other, I think they'll try him because there's – there's potential for big plays on this side because he's so aggressive at times. So that I think that's one of the things a little bit. But again, there's nothing you can do if, if the D line is humming like they should be humming. So it, it'll it'll kind of it'll kind of be interesting to see how we play. You know, Adams and I know we play like I think our our corners are a little more comfortable playing off coverage too. So how, you know, how do we play those guys? Like, what type of mix mix ups do we use with that? You know, defense to kind of keep, you know, keep Adams from looking like one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult task for this Bears defense, but uh, you know that that cornerback duo of rookie Jalen Johnson and uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, at least up to this point, they've been one of the better one-two punches at the cornerback position. Uh, in the NFL. So uh, again, I mean, you got one of the league's best defenses going up against one of the league's best uh, offenses. We'll see uh, what, 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 uh, what happens this Sunday night. Um, final prediction, DJ. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I, I think 
something tells me that the Bears will go back to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you know, I know Matt Nagy met with the media yesterday. He says that both guys seem to be healthy enough and that they'll be able to go Sunday night, but he didn't commit to who will be the starter. Um, we probably won't figure that out until game day. But if I had to guess, I think that they do make this switch. If there's any time you can make this switch and kind of get away with it without getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, slaughtered by the media, I guess you could say, uh, for benching your guy, Nick Foles, that, that you went out and you drafted, Ryan Pace drafted that, uh, traded that fourth round draft pick for and picked up this salary. Um, I, I think the time is now. I mean, you, you go back to Mitch, uh, Mitch Trubisky, and whether it is just the simple fact that this offensive line is so beat up and they're having a hard time, um, you know, uh, keeping the quarterback up, and, and that Mitch Trubisky is more of a mobile quarterback and can make plays with his feet and uh, keep plays alive, I, I, I think you do it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see it being whether you start Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, I don't see that being the end all be all. You have more problems and, um, I, I think that as of right now, though, I do think that just for that simple fact alone and maybe the switch, maybe maybe the maybe some of the players on the team are thinking, hey, you know what, Trubisky, he probably does give us the best chance to win. We've seen what Nick Foles does, seen what he could do. He came out, he helped us win the game against the Atlanta Falcons. And, and other than that, he hasn't been very impressive at all. Um, so let's go back to, uh, to to the young guy, to the more mobile guy. And uh, whether it is just, uh, you know, he, he can extend plays, and then let's go see what he can do. And uh, I, so, so something tells me that I'll predict that they do go back to Mitch Trubisky. It's not going to be enough, though. I think the Packers end up winning. I'll go 26-17. to 17. I'll say the Packers win by nine Sunday night football at Lambeau Field. Oh, okay. For me, I think you, you that he'll start falls. Um, I think – and I, I think they're going to use – I think they're going to start Foles, but Mitch is going to come in. He's going to be like the relief pitcher, come in and get, the, you know, the energy. What was the guy from the – used to pitch for the Giants that had the real big dog beard? Um, what was his name? The um, San Francisco Giants had a real big beard. Um, he always threw fastball. He just ran out there with his beard. And so I can't even think of his name. But <laughs> – um, yeah, DJ, I didn't really become a baseball fan until this past year. I can't even oh, lie to you. Uh, Mariano Rivera, I guess. He can come out and then do it like that or whatever. To be the relief guy. Um, because I think – you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to say Mitch stuff. And this and because I think seeing him get carted off the field – and not be seriously injured, I think that does something to, like, other players. You know, they they won't voice their opinions about it, but it's just like, you okay, though? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't so severe. Now, again, he hasn't been there. But, again, I think that plays into the hearts of a lot of people because they're hearing it on TV as well. Like, and no matter what you say, if you just sitting there and listening to it, like, man, it make you think, like, Man, this cat was out here like, man, we 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 needed you in this moment. Now I understand you got hurt, but it was like, oh, you. So I think, I think he had either he has to go with me to me to not lose to me the little locker room. It seemed like he has, um, like he has left. Uh, I think the game will be a little closer. I think we'll probably lose by three. And 
probably a probably 17-17. We might lose by a late field goal. Um, you know what? May even win by a late field goal. You know what? I'm gonna show a little more faith. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna win late field goal. I'm gonna go uh, 27. Yeah, you know the the Bears they 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 tend to not have the greatest luck when it comes down to a field goal at least the last couple of years. But this year it's actually been different. I mean, Cairo Santos has actually he's actually been he's actually been able to do his job. But the one time we need the kicker to do his job, and it seemed like everyone else was kind of hidden on, on all cylinders. That's when the kicker failed us. Now we get the kicker situation, uh, you know, figured out and the offense. I mean, it, not that the offense was, uh, you know, great in 2018 by all means, but um, it did come down to that one kick by, of course, uh, Cody Parkey, whose name here should never be said again. But uh, anyways, uh, yes. Yeah, so, all right. So you, you actually have the Bears winning. I, I love the faith. I hope you're right. Um, I, I think the Bears end up losing uh, five in a row, which will give them a, a losing record at five and six. Um, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, it's uh, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. It's the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, one of the best rivalries, if not the best rivalry in sports, although it has not been all that close uh, the last uh, handful of years. Hopefully uh, things start turning around. Um, this is their first time meeting this season. Then they'll meet once again um, week 17 in Chicago. So, again, uh, we'll just have to take it one game at a time. The Bears are still in it technically. Hey, they could finish 11-5. and five. You never know. Um, I know that's wishful thinking at this point. But, uh, <laughs> DJ, before we wrap up the show, man, any uh, any final words? Oh, yeah. Good things come to those who wait. The problem is people hate to wait. Be patient. It's going to happen. Bears going to get back to it starting this week. Go, Mitch. Go. <laughs> there we go. Again, he has the Bears winning uh, by a field goal Sunday night football. I got the Bears losing, I, I, I say, uh, 26-17. We'll see. I think Aaron Rodgers and company will be just a little bit too much for this Bears team. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, they'll fall to a losing record, five and six. But hey, we'll have to wait and see and, and figure it out. DJ, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, man. Of course, uh, we got Thanksgiving on Thursday. We got three uh, NFL football games as well, some college games to watch then. And uh, we'll we'll be sure to catch up and, and talk to everybody uh, again uh, later in the week. And uh, again, special thanks to Greg Braggs Jr. at G Braggs Jr. twenty three for joining the show. Host of Braggs in the Sands, diehard Bears fan and. Um, really appreciate him ha hopping on. That was a lot of fun uh, chatting with him. But again, for uh, for DJ Moore, I'm Chris Shanafell. Appreciate everybody tuning in, whether, again, that's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or on podcasts at iTunes, Spotify. Uh, appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Shanafell. Uh, the name tag is oh, right there. And then, of course, DJ is at DJ Moore 30, former Chicago Bear himself. Make sure you give them a follow. Make sure you interact. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And until next time, everybody, thanks for tuning in.